So it's finally here, isn't it? Christmas Day, finally here, and we get to celebrate Jesus being born. And let's face it, as well as coming to church and singing and listening to Steggles, there's lots of ways, lots of exciting ways we can celebrate Jesus being born with gifts and food and socks. No? Just me? See, growing up, our tradition as kids... Sorry, is that... Growing up, our tradition was we'd put a sock on the end of our bed, one of Dad's socks, and we'd wake up to find it stuffed with small gifts. So not your kind of main presents, but enough to keep all six of us kids entertained whilst Mum and Dad had a cup of tea and could come around slowly so that we could all pile downstairs for 7 a.m. to open our main presents, which we kept in pillowcases. So this was completely normal. Sounds a bit weird now, I come to think of it. But... um, (laughs) But there's something about it, things being in a sock that made everything exciting, you know. I mean, it wasn't all great stuff, looking back on it. There's a fair bit of, shall we say, filler. So let's see what I've got here. Hang on. Steggles! Is the gas catch? Ah, I got you there. Uh, yeah, lots of filler. So we'll come across those as we go through this sort of short talk. But at Christmas, we remember Jesus is God's gift to us. But in the Bible passage we just heard, we saw that not everyone liked this gift. So let's follow these magi this morning and witness with them three very different responses to Jesus. I've got one more than Stegall's. Three very different responses to Jesus. His Herod, his religious advisors, and the magi themselves. Uh, But just to explain these magi, who are they? And why are they following this star? Well, they're from east of Israel, so probably Persia or Babylon. That's modern-day Iran. And what are magi? One magos, two magi. Um, We often hear of them called wise men, and that's probably about right. Uh, And So they were generally clever blokes who had lots of learning, who advised kings. So they were the sort of part of royal court life. So I guess they were the kind of Brendan Murphy or Nicholas Spuria of the day. Uh, and in those Eastern civilizations, uh, knowing all about the stars and interpreting them would have been part of their job, which helps explain why they followed this star to look for a king. So astrological wonders, things happening in the sky, they would have been associated with important political events. And so it's likely they knew the Old Testament bit of the Bible and they'd have known all the bits which predicted a Messiah or king for Israel. So in the Bible, there's another Magos, one one Magi, a Magos. In the book of Numbers, you might have heard of him, a guy called Balaam. He was a right ratbag. He was hired to curse God's people. But in the end, it could only come up with God's blessings. And one of those blessings is a prophecy about a rescuer king symbolized by, of all things, a star arising. There's a nice link there between those different magi. So we don't know for sure why they went for it, but God made sure that they did go and follow this star. And we know that the wise men magi are definitely interested in Jesus. So more of them later. But what about Herod? So if you're looking looking for a king, you go to a palace, right? So the Magi rock up at the palace and ask Herod, 
Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Herod and all the head honchos, all Jerusalem are in a spin. Their response to Jesus is hatred and fear. So in my sock, there was always, I tell you it's full of filler material, there was always a walnut. I hated walnuts. You know, they're really hard to get into. And when you do get into them, they taste really horrible. It's all bitter. And the inside looks like mouse brains. Horrible. Well, Herod hates the idea of Jesus being king because that means Herod not being king. Him means Herod losing power and not calling the shots. So maybe that's where you're up to with Jesus. You avoid Jesus or you reject him because you want to stay king or queen of your own life. Well, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus' birth shows us not that God wants to interfere with our lives, but wants to save our lives. Jesus is the good, perfect king that you can trust with your life. So, next thing in my sock... So it gets more exciting. A tangerine that we had in England. This is a mandarin, I think. It's a big one. Um, as Christmas gifts on, as morning gifts on Christmas morning go, I suppose it's not the most exciting. And I guess I was a bit indifferent to a tangerine or a bit of citrus fruit. I suppose it's better than chocolate, health-wise. <laughs> so indifference. I was a bit indifferent to my tangerine. So there's the chief priests and teachers of the law that Herod consults. So if you think your auntie Ethel can lay down the law of exactly how Christmas should be done, well, these guys were the expert on the rules and regulations and how everything should be done. So they were more like the Grant Stevens Police Commissioner sort of thing, except instead of knowing emergency declarations, they knew the Bible inside out. So they knew this bit in verse 6. That, uh, it was from the prophet Micah. They would know this bit off by heart, that God's rescuer king would come from Bethlehem, so a village about 10 kilometers from Jerusalem. So let's get this together. There's a star in the sky which they must have seen as well. There's a load of foreign dignitaries uh, turn up looking for a king. And there's this prophecy from Malachi about Bethlehem. So they must have added two and two together. And they must have really thought, this is it, it's happening. And they did nothing. These religious leaders should have been more excited than anyone if they really loved God and believed his promises. But no. So maybe other things in life that they were worried about seemed more important. And Christmas is a great time to give Jesus his proper place of importance, to really think and read about who he is and what he's done. It's exciting, life-changing stuff. 
Uh, we've got some copies of Matthew's Gospel and Mark's Gospel on your way out. If you haven't ever read that, reading that is a great way to start to get to know Jesus and investigate him. Okay, last thing from my sock now. The pièce de résistance. There we go. It's a bit, something exciting about having Russell in a sock and it's... And I'm about to ruin Sharon's sock here. So no, no wonder Dad needed new socks every year. It's, uh, now you're talking a Terry's chocolate orange. Have you had one of these? Oh, they're amazing. For some reason, the middle bit tastes better than the rest of it. I don't know why that is. You get all the segments. Terry's chocolate orange. I love these. They blew me away and probably would have eaten two-thirds of it by 7 a.m. at the time, but... Now, back to the Magi. So they haven't given up their search for Jesus. Somehow, the star is back, and it leads them straight to him. And when they see the star again, they aren't just excited. They are overjoyed. And their response in verse 11, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they treat Jesus like a king, like a good king that they want to rule over them, bowing down, worshipping, and giving him posh, expensive palace kind of gifts, proper luxury stuff. So Herod and the religious leaders, the Israelites who should have been first in the queue, aren't worshipping. But these magi, magi, they are. And the funny thing is, in the Bible, magi are usually baddies. So if you follow through where else we find them in the Bible, um, I've told you about Balaam. And then there's the sorcerers in Egypt who worked for Pharaoh. They were magi. There's also the guys in the um, book of Daniel who advise King Nebuchadnezzar and give God's people a really hard time. And then in Acts, there's a, a bloke called Elymas who tries to stop someone hearing about Jesus. So in the Bible overall, magi are baddies. But these magi show us that right from the get-go, Jesus is bringing everyone to God. He's bringing the nations to God, not just Israelites. God spoke to those wise men, those magi, in ways that they would understand through dodgy star reading practices so that they get to meet Jesus and bow down to him. So read your Bible, take away one of those Gospels and ask God to show you Jesus, to speak to you in ways that you will understand. And he will. So which of these very different responses to Jesus is yours today? Is it like in Herod, like Herod, insisting on staying in power over your own life, hating Jesus? Is it indifference, like the religious leaders, getting who Jesus is, but the distractions of life, taking priority? Or are you like the Magi, delighting in Jesus and worshipping him as your king? Jesus' birth, God becoming one of us to save us, 
It's a wonderful gift to remember at Christmas. But like my sock, it's just the beginning. As we get to know Jesus, all that he said and did, we get to know God. And as we believe and trust in him, the great gift we receive is eternal life. Our sins forgiven, a fresh start, peace with God forever. And that's a gift worth receiving. Let me pray. Almighty God, in the birth of your Son, you have poured on us the new light of your incarnate word and shown us the fullness of your love. Help us to walk in his light and dwell in his love that we may know the fullness of his joy who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.